This episode of This Sacred Life is sponsored by Lisa Adams, the Renegade Mystic. Visit therenegademystic.com to learn more about Lisa's sacred offerings. Welcome back to This Sacred Life. I'm Shan Vanderleek, and today I'm speaking with my friend Lisa Adams, the Renegade Mystic. Lisa guides sensitives and creatives to claim their sovereignty, gain clarity, and break through limitations to craft lives and businesses on their own terms. And this is not my first conversation with Lisa. We've been connecting since 2015 for wonderful conversations and sharing. And so it's fantastic to have her back on this sacred life. Welcome, Lisa. Hi, Shan. I'm so excited to be here and I'm already getting chills just talking to you. Oh, yeah, me too. It's always a pleasure to share time with you. And it's always the end of the year when I really feel like, oh, I need to connect with Lisa again and talk about what's what and and where we go from here. And before we connected, I pulled the goddess card as I always do. And I uh, was led to the Sacred Rebels Oracle by Alana Fairchild. And focus on the light is the card that came up, which is all about magic wanting to happen for you now. And I thought, wow, what a beautiful, beautiful card to come up, especially as we're right before the solar eclipse, we're right before the solstice and the new year. And and it was uh, an exhalation of, oh, that's so nice. It is. I feel that in my body. I love that card showing up right now. That makes just such perfect intuitive sense. It's wisdom right there. I originally reached out to you so that we could talk about where we're at at the end of 2020 and and also uh, ask you to share your astrology and intuitive magic on what's to come, the upcoming eclipse, solstice, the new year, and just really kind of let our conversation flow wherever you think it needs to go, because I realize that's a lot uh, to cover for sure. I'd also like you at some point to talk about this energy of feeling scattered and we, we can dig into that. And, and then I know you'll have ritual and more to share, but let's, let's just jump right into where we are right now. Well, of course, we've all been watching 2020 and going, what? Because I think a lot of us felt like, oh, 2020 is going to be like this, this year and I'm going to do all these things. And it seemed like it was going to be this amazing sort of fresh start. And instead, I feel like what we've been encountering is um, a complete, like, it's like somebody took a snow globe and shook it. And the snow globe had, has our world in that, you know, (laughs) so somebody, you know, God, the goddess picked up the snow globe, shook it. And now everything is upside down. And at the same time, now that we're in December, 2020, and the year has gone fairly quickly, you know, as years tend to, it's the culmination of so much. And there's a lot of astrology and planetary movement that is just held within this month in particular. And we're starting to watch as some of the snow that was like been whirling around in the snow globe is starting to settle. So there's some clarity coming forth as well. 
we just had the full moon lunar eclipse and we're just going to be having the new moon solar eclipse this coming monday the 14th and that's in sagittarius that's a powerful time because directly after that we've got planets doing movement into new signs and so we feel the shift in the energy when that happens saturn has been in capricorn since the end of 20 17, the very end of 2017, almost exactly um, three years, because it was, I think it was the 19th of December, 2017, when Saturn entered Capricorn. Well, Saturn is going to enter Aquarius on Thursday, next Thursday, uh, the, the 17th. And then, of course, two days after that, Jupiter will also enter Aquarius. And then, as most of us are aware, then on Monday, the 21st, winter solstice, both Saturn and Jupiter will be exactly conjunct in Aquarius at the very beginning of Aquarius. And this is the big grand conjunction that most astrologers have been pointing at and heralding as the true astrological age of Aquarius. You know, when we think about that song and we think about the movement from the 60s, this is kind of like what we've been waiting for. Yeah, it really is. And I'll I'll tell you a a funny little side note. I was a toddler and my very first concert was The Fifth Dimension. And my (laughs) my very first favorite song was The Age of Aquarius. And like, I remember being, I mean, I don't remember anything, but I remember that I went. I remember being there with my dad and I remember really digging the music. And so that song has been flying through my head for, for so long and then to be here in it. So I digress, but, but yeah, I'm ready for it. And, and I am, I, I'm an Aquarian moon too. So bring it. Oh yeah. So you're going to be really nurtured by, by the new energy that's coming in. The thing that we need to bear in mind with this, though, is Pluto is still in Capricorn. And at the moment, Saturn and Jupiter are at the very last degrees of Capricorn. I am calling this our final exam week. (laughs) So, you know, what we do with that is we look back to the very like beginning of 20 or 2018 and we go okay what have been some of the challenges and the themes that I've been coming up against so we look at that on that personal level and then we can also look out on the more societal and global community level and say okay how are how are my themes similar and energy to the broader themes mm-hmm. that, we're, that we're encountering. And so we look back, we look at all of that, and we, I think it makes a lot of sense to sit down with a journal and take account and be like, okay, what all has been happening since then in my life? And are there some threads woven through that kind of link it all together? And I think what a lot of us will be finding um, and I can totally speak to this on on my own personal level is I realized 
that I cannot keep moving forward in leadership and and as a person that's devoted to personal growth and awareness, I cannot go forward without calling myself to a higher level of integrity and authenticity. Uh-huh. Um, and, you know, that's part of what Capricorn has called us to and why having these big three planets in Capricorn has been so transformative. And is you know, we still have work to do there. As I say, Pluto is like, let's get down to the root. Let's upheave and knock down all these structures. Let's upheave the foundations upon which life has been built, upon which our structures and institutions have been built. Let's demolish all of that. And Saturn's like, yeah, these structures, they are corrupt. These structures do not work anymore. These systems are top heavy. They're fragile. They're going to fall apart at any moment. Let's take the wrecking ball to that. And Jupiter says, okay, and what else can we do to make this better? Well, expanding everything. Yeah, so like putting <laughs> putting the magnifying glass on all of it and going, okay, well, if we're going to do this, let's, like, let's go all in. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> wow. It's been one hell of an interesting year and in so many ways. And I mean, certainly we can't have the conversation without talking about the pandemic, without talking about what's happening in, on the political front, without talking about the, the way in which we've had to change the way we roll on a daily basis and the sheer amount of garbage flying at you that you have got to zip yourself, zip up your energy <laughs> in the best way you possibly can so that you can deflect, certainly not to put our head in the sand around around important topics, but to not let all of the space junk get into your uh, orbit because it, there's just so much of it. And when I pulled the focus on the light car, when I'm listening to you talk about what's been and what's going on with these big planets and the change ahead of us, it's just like, okay. All right. So I realize we're in exam week, but we'll get through it with whatever it takes, you know, caffeine, and <laughs> late nights and, and uh, you know and self care of course and and then and then we will see that new day definitely um, it you know capricorn is an earth sign and it's the last of the earth signs within the zodiac it's also about how we work and how we do work so of course we have seen such a, a huge shift in the way we've all worked because people don't go to the office anymore. We're all working from home. We are working, looking to work smarter, not harder. We're realizing that smarter is the better way to go. So there's just been this, this real change in it on a very fundamental grassroots, like under the earth. I mean, Pluto is Hades. So under the earth kind of energy, if you will, with Pluto as Hades down under the earth he he rules over wealth he rules over dead death the dying 
we also see how those themes have really been prevalent. You know, there's so much death. We've seen the corruption and the top heaviness of wealth distribution is you know, really, really large. And we, we see how that, that's creating disparity, so much disparity. Um, and when we are also talking about anything earth-related, we're talking about safety. We're talking about having a home and safe place to lie your head down at night. We're talking about having food, shelter, clothing, just the bare basics, taking care of our bodies and our health. Without our health, we can have all those other things, but they, they almost don't matter anymore. And without our health, wealth certainly amounts to nothing. I couldn't agree more. I want to talk a little bit about that sort of scattered energy. Yes, please. Because I got to tell you, that is not my normal mode of operand. You know, that's just not how I operate. And I have been, I've found humor in it. How if I, if I'm writing it down or putting a bell on it, I'm, (laughs) it's going to, it's going to be gone. And I, I've been experiencing that as well. And especially in the last few days and What's wonderful is my best friend, Nina, always uh, reminds me around this time of year. She's like, oh, this is Vata season. Yes, it is. Vata in Ayurveda, right? And so that's air. And so when we're in Vata season, there's so much air that we've really got to do the work to stay grounded. And that means like eating warm, wet foods, eating root vegetables, things that are heavier, maybe more protein important to drink lots of water and hydrate. And in the, in the traditions of Ayurveda, that also includes maybe doing abhyanga, which is applying oil to the body. I do every single day. I have special oil that if I go out, out into the world when it's you know super windy and cold, I oil up my nostrils, my ears, my belly button. Mm-hmm. And then bathing, you know, hot, lots of hot salt baths and, and lots of either oiling up before or after. And it helps so much through this transitional time. And of course, as we age, we enter that vata space more and more. So my dosha is normally pitta. As I age and grow and change, I see how I can be a little bit more vata disturbed this time of year, whereas before it wouldn't have affected me much. Yeah. So yeah, I'm so glad you're talking about Ayurveda. Yay! Yeah, well, I have a very superficial knowledge of it, but the things you said too about once you get to a certain age in life and you and I are in, in that time frame, we do naturally tend to become more vata. So we have to be even more um, sort of vigilant about doing the things to help us stay grounded. And I was doing some research yesterday too about um, the use of color and light, like light as different colors. So you pull the card, focus on the light. We can take light and we can use different colored light to help us energetically. And the the light color that works to help us ground the most is brown, brown light. Makes so sense. Yes, yeah, soil, earth, right? That's mm. helpful. So yeah, so the thing with the Vata energy and all of the air energy, we're also online more than before. So that's very Vata. And we are going into 
a Vata year and a Vata era with Saturn and Jupiter transitioning over into Aquarius. So talk about the uh, ability to manifest with lightning speed. (laughs) (laughs) Literally, literally, because Aquarius is also lightning. It's ruled by um, Uranus. And so lightning is indeed, it's electricity, it's technology. So all of those kind of air things, it's communication, it's thought processes. And it's our nervous system. Yeah. So, I mean, because you can feel that electricity and that air in your, in your nervous system, can't you? But let's talk about the beautiful parts of Aquarius energy that our world is hungry and starved for. And the reason why the age of Aquarius is so important because we really are ending an era. Saturn and Jupiter in particular, their conjunctions, their work for the last, especially 200 years, has all been together in earth science. So starting starting on December 21st, they're going into air signs, an air sign in particular, but the next 200 years, they're going to be doing all of their work in air signs. And, and let's, let's dive right into that when we get back after the break. This episode of This Sacred Life is sponsored by Lisa Adams, the renegade mystic. Lisa offers readings and mentors women in the mystic arts of energetic metaphysics and ancient esoteric wisdom teachings. She can guide you in creating your own rituals of healing and manifestation. And this is the perfect time to schedule an astrology chart reading or a year-long alchemy reading with Lisa. Visit therenegademystic.com to discover Lisa's sacred offerings. Lisa, before the break, we were just about to dive into the age of Aquarius, and I just cannot wait to hear what you have to say, because I know you've been digging in and really looking out for what's next and where we go from here and how everything changes with these planets moving into an air sign. A lot of people also especially in the kind of communities that we're part of, speak to this idea of 5D or the fifth dimensional energy that's coming online on, on the earth right now. And Aquarius is, a, is almost the epitome of what this idea of 5D or the fifth dimensional energy is. That includes things like using technology and communication. It also includes innovation. And this can be all kinds of innovation. I don't think it's just going to happen or occur within technology. I think this will occur within communication. I think we're going to see this translate over very obviously into our healthcare system and how healthcare is distributed. I also see this as being an innovation of how we do our new systems and structures and institutions and building them on the foundation of humanity. Because this country right now, our country, the United States, is in its Pluto return. It's the first Pluto return for the United States. And we've still got a ways to go with this Pluto return. We're in it for the next couple of years. The Pluto return is saying, this country 
was built on a foundation of blood, slavery, and genocide. That's a rotten foundation. Aquarius, I think, is going to bring us the opportunity to create new foundations, systems, structures, and reimagine, retool our institutions to be built on what's best for Earth, what's best for humanity, how we work together to make sure those things are served. And what a blessing to be here now and at the forefront of this change. It's a blessing, but (laughs) I mean, let's get real because it's a lot of work. Of course. And while we're doing all this work, we got to make sure we're staying really grounded because all that air energy with the two biggest planets in our solar system and air, that's going to take Vata and crank up the volume on it. Mm-hmm. It yeah. sure is. And, and to top that off, all three of the Mercury retrogrades we'll be experiencing throughout 2021 will be in air sign. <laughs> <laughs> there are no mistakes, right? Totally. So get get this, be, you know, because Mercury travels so closely to the sun, like every time the sun is in an air sign, Mercury will be retrograding in that air sign who will have Saturn, Jupiter, Mercury, and the sun in air signs all at the same time. Oh my God. I'm going to have to like fill my bathtub with honey. <laughs> I'm I not think, getting out. Right. But I think, you know, making sure that we are spending time outside, doing as much as you can to connect with earth and earth energy, doing all of your grounding things, moving your body and moving energy through your body, really legitimately grounding roots into the earth, connecting to your Hara line. Those are going to be some of the things that are going to help to keep us more grounded because it's going to be tricky. I know that you're going to navigate it well because you do such a a beautiful job of of being in nature and being grounded and connected to all the beautiful places around you. And, And I am so grateful to be surrounded by water, woods, and wildlife and everything that I have here in Northern Michigan as well. A lot more tree hugging will be in my future, I think. But I have been recently with a scattered energy that's been kicking up. I'll just go lay down on the grass. Like even, even though it's, it's almost winter here, it's very mild. And uh, it's been like one of the mildest winters I can remember so far. And as I say that, it's you know, probably going to snow this weekend. But uh, there's still grass. There's still there's still something to, uh, there's still dirt. There's, I can get my fingers in it or I can just ground in it. Even if you don't live in a place that has lots and lots of land, you, you can get grounded. <laughs> you, you can figure out a way to get out and make that happen so that you don't uh, fly away at Bata season. Mm-hmm. I, I love that you said that you will lay down in the grass because I was going to say, I think one of the best things we could be doing is laying down on the earth. And Mm -hmm. and I really like to do it belly down when I can. Yes. And feel that sort of umbilical type connection to Mother Earth. Uh, Just, uh, I guess it's been a month ago now, I had to uh, drive my folks down to Ann Arbor, where a big hospital is here in Michigan. We were there much longer than anticipated. 
for reasons that we don't need to get into, but thankfully everybody's doing fine. And it was more of a red tape kind of stuff that kept us there. But thankfully it was incredibly warm during that week and like 70 degrees in, in November warm for several days in a row. And they had this giant courtyard area, treed, grassed area. And that's how I saved myself. I just, I just went out there and belly down or on my back or with a book or whatever I could do to ground and, and raise my energy because let's face it, those places don't have the greatest energy and you don't want to pick that up if you if there's anything you can do not to, you you want to do it. So I found myself grounding and, and doing that and thinking, oh, I'm so glad I know to do this. Like this, wow. this makes everything better. Plus anything that you might have picked up in that environment that doesn't feel good, you could just sort of shake it off and ground it. Yeah, because the earth doesn't mind. Earth will take it. Yeah, psychic compost. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right? Yeah, psychic compost. Oh. So let's yeah. talk about uh, ritual. I know that you absolutely love creating, organizing, sharing ritual. And I'm, I'd love to know what your, what your plans are, what you might be able to teach us, perhaps around the solstice or year end or both, what, whatever you want to share. Thank you. I'm actually going to be offering what I'm calling a mini workshop on uh, the evening of uh, solstice, so that Monday the 21st. What I'm feeling very called to because of so many conversations, because of everything that I've witnessed, and because of what I am witnessing within my own life, is that we are, going, we are dying. We're going through the end of an era. We're releasing so much, so many processes. And then, of course, I spoke to you know, structures and systems, parts of our lives that are now lost to us or that we've had to let go of or change, especially not, not just this year, but since uh, Saturn entered Capricorn. The idea is to honor what is dying, to take stock and to look at what is dying, what, what you're letting go of in your life, the things that you've come to see that don't serve. We speak to that, but, you know, I think we think about these things, but the importance of ritualizing this death process, I think, is what is really important because it clears the way. It lets the universe know, yes, I am, in fact, done with that behavior or that situation or that relationship or what that narrative. And instead, it, it, you know, we bury it, we honor it, we give it thanks, we realize that that's not who we are anymore. It clears the way to set those new intentions with the new incoming energy. It's not judgment. It's not shame. It doesn't have to be any of those heavy things. It, it can be this this witnessing, this honoring, this what works, what doesn't, what no longer serves, and to take your time with it. I love that you're offering a workshop around it because it's real easy to say, release what no longer serves you. <laughs> but if you don't know what that is, or if you're not taking the time to uncover what that is, then that's just you know fluffy prose that really doesn't get us anywhere. And to take your inventory, what's working, what isn't working, 
and to bless it and burn it, whatever it is you need to do and, and however you ritualize. I will have a fire and I will have my gratitudes and my forgivenesses and the intentions and you know all of it will be worked on before the solstice and then from there we'll be probably drumming and hopefully some singing and some releasing and opening up for what's next. Yeah, so I want to speak a little bit more to that because sometimes the things that we need to honor and grieve are also the hopes, dreams, and expectations that we used to hold that are maybe unfulfilled or limiting. Those things are the things that have those claw marks from holding on so tight. And it's often the holding on to those things so tightly that is really the cause of our pain. Attachment. Yeah. And so many people have also lost loved ones or jobs or things this year that need to be honored and grieved as well. Because especially if you've lost somebody that you're in, you know, relationship to that, there, that means a piece of you dies with them. And so, mm. so there's a new, there's a new kind of space. There's a new aspect of yourself that where there's kind of a chunk of your heart is, is no longer there or, or an old, you know, toxic energetic cord um, is not there anymore. And so there, there is a loss um, associated with that. Mm-hmm. I was grateful to do a lot of ancestor work last month and certainly we'll, we'll do more, but yeah, the, the honoring of, of all of it and being sweet with yourself and knowing that this has not been easy this this year, this last couple of years for, for many, many people. And while your story might not be the same as mine or mine the same as my neighbors, we know what the stories are. They're all around us. And with the collective consciousness and the collective, we're feeling things that, that don't belong to us. That, that's another part of the clearing, in my opinion, is drill down and face what you need to face, but also release what doesn't belong to you, what is not yours to carry. Beautiful. I recommend making some sort of effigy to it and burying it. Mm, yes. Yeah. Yeah. And, and there's that grounding once again, um, bringing all of this kind of heady and emotional stuff, creating a literal effigy and burying that and giving it a legitimate memorial with the honoring and the gratitude and the grief and everything that, that goes along with that. Hmm. Beautiful. Yeah. Um, that's, that's work I'm so committed to. Um, and that I see the ways in which we die and are reborn so constantly and we're, we're put through initiations in life. You know, I know people who you know are dealing with, cancer diagnosis and you know that is a sort of a death and rebirth process in and of itself people that have lost not just one but maybe multiple loved ones this year there's so much to that and as we honor the death and we honor 
the letting go, as we honor all of those things, we realize like none of us are the same person we we were. And in many ways, we're more ourselves than we used to be. Yeah, it's it's an interesting what happens when when you have to strip everything down. As we go forward with this Aquarius energy and with all this air energy and the way that we're moving, you know, you said the word lightning, and I I love that because I think that's that's a really good understanding and metaphor for the way progress is probably going to be looking um, in the future. It's, it's not like this sort of real linear point A to point B thing. It's probably going to be more sideways and jagged or spiral. Mm-hmm. And, and I, I personally have found this year, it's almost like timeline jumping is in one moment or instant, I can be so feeling grounded and clear about where I'm at and then poof, within just like a lightning strike, I'm way the heck over here to this other side in a yeah. whole different place and going, oh, yeah. oh, okay, this is where I'm at now. That changes everything. <laughs> I can totally relate to that. I think that we have to start getting into this understanding about progress not being linear. It's probably going to look a lot more like going whole different direction and allowing for it to be that way and, and honoring that, that that's the universe pointing us in a direction and keeping us from limiting ourselves and our understanding about how progress reveals itself. And to remember that your intentions and the work around the opening of your heart and the way with which you want to manifest anything is right now is the time. Yes, there's the letting go. Yes, there's the burying and honoring of of what's come to pass already. But there's also this magical space and time right ahead of us for manifestation. And things can happen again in a lightning strike so fast. So keep your energy up as much as you possibly can. Keep yourself focused. Keep your eye on the prize, whatever that is, uh, whether that be vibrant health, whether that be a roof over your head, whether that be making sure that there's food on the table or being able to support a neighbor or a new job or a new partner, whatever it is, keep your eye on the prize. I love the way you just said, keep your eye on the prize, because when we work with that air energy, we are speaking to vision, the kind of vision that comes from the third eye, the kind of thing that like we envision and we continue to hold that vision going forward. And that's part of how we can focus. Mm-hmm. Mm, always such a pleasure to have conversations with you. Oh, yay. <laughs> <laughs> what would you like to leave us with today? There, there's a, such a big discussion around what is truth and what is not truth. Mm. Be sure to check in internally with your own truth, personal truth, and then to understand and to glean more about true wisdom, what is capital T truth. Come to that understanding from the heart. We're, we're anchored into the earth with that understanding, and that's how we discern capital T truth. And we go forward. 
We're going to have a beautiful blessing um, the end of June through July of 2021, where Venus and Mars will be conjunct for about a month, which is almost unheard of. And wow. those are the those are the lovers. That's the, mm-hmm. that's the primordial feminine and masculine energy. When you tend to that heart space, it, it'll be beautiful for us with the calling in humanitarian energy to harness our masculine and feminine in, in a kind of inner uh, sacred marriage of love. And then that way we're more in our sovereign interdependence to be able to work with others to create this age of Aquarius the way that we know this world can be full of love and connection and everybody being provided for and the earth undergoing massive healing. Mm-hmm. And I think in, in conjunction with that, if something makes you feel lighter, chances are you want to follow that energy. If it makes you feel heavier, you know, that's something that you want to shed or release or or maybe that isn't the, the capital T truth. Focus on what makes you feel lighter. I like that. Lighter and maybe more expansive. Oh, we've yeah. In, we've been in that time of contraction. And contraction is an important part of natural law. And we're, we're about to come out of contraction and into expansion. So if it makes you feel light and expansive, that's a sign of, of what is right and true for you. Mm. Thank you so much for sharing your wisdom today, Lisa. It's always a pleasure to have a conversation with you. I feel like we could stay in this Bata space and continue talking <laughs> for a lot longer. Yeah, I know. I think we could. Maybe, maybe there's a series coming of conversations that we have. Who knows? Maybe we'll, we'll sit with that and create something new. That was renegade mystic Lisa Adams. This is the perfect time to schedule an astrology chart reading or a year-long alchemy reading with Lisa. Visit therenegademystic.com to discover her sacred offerings. You are going to be so glad that you did. If you loved this conversation, you'll want to check out our last interview from November 2019, where we talked about transformation, shamanic death, and claiming your sovereignty. Thanks so much for listening to This Sacred Life. I look forward to connecting with you again next month.